What's up, failures, and welcome to the Chicken Hut, a CNC fan cast. I am your host, Noah, joined, as always, by my co-host, Nick. How's it going, Nick? Hey. Nick, my goodness. <laughs> what lovely eyes you have and what lovely long blonde hair you, you have. Thanks. Wait a second. I think I'm figuring I think I'm figuring this out. You are not in fact Nick. No, I am not. No, you are not. You are Molly. I am Molly. You are Molly and you need to speak much louder I'm into sorry. your mic. I'm sorry. Oh my god. We spent like 5 solid minutes <laughs> working know. about this and like literally the moment I hit record you're like, "Hi, it's me. It's my Molly." It's... This is going to be our the reason for our divorce, isn't it? It's it, it's you still need to be I'm oh sorry. my god. Oh, my god. Need, oh, that was actually pretty good. Okay, I'll yell. That's feel like you're talking too loud and that's probably when you'll be talking loud. Okay, listen. Enough. Like, I'm listening. We stand. I'm trying. That's the problem. I'm trying. I'm literally <laughs> trying to listen, and I can't because you're talking too fucking quietly. All right, now stop talking okay. so that I can. Yeah, thanks. All right. So we stashed our kids downstairs in the toy room with like loads of veggie straws and Thomas. Right. On two TVs, and I'm afraid they're gonna hear me. Well, they probably will. And start screaming. It's gonna be fine. I feel like. I feel like a bad mom. Was that loud? No, yeah, that was loud enough. I'm sure everyone heard you being insecure about your job as a parent. So, hey guys, um, welcome to the show. This is going to be a little bit of a different one. Um, that was kind of a tongue twister. A little bit of a different one. <laughs> uh, Nick has, you know, Nick is a busy guy. We've talked about this a couple times. He's not always available. Um, but Molly and I, fortunately, are you know married, so we we live together and are oftentimes found at the same place at the same time. Um, and she's a huge Caverns and Creatures fan as well, aren't you, Molly? Sure. I'm also second best Nick. Se- so oh, I here I am. Your first best Molly, though. Yeah. And would that make Nick the second best Molly? Lord, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, um, Nick's Nick's pretty busy, and it's where he and I are both having a little bit of trouble really digging into book five. We, I mean, like, look, I read all six novels, all what, five or six short story collections, pretty back to back to back to back to back to back. And I loved every second of it. And then we came up with the idea for the show. And by we, I mean I. Um, <laughs> and the show has been awesome. And I've been rereading the entire series from the start. And I would be lying, as much as I love th- these books, probably more than any series of books overall that I've ever read, it's still, fatigue is setting in, right? Where I'm just getting a little to where it's kind of like homework, having to make myself read um, for purposes of getting ready for this show. So, um, and Nick, I think, is just busy. He's back to school now. Um, so are you, but we're just, yeah. we're around each other a lot more often than Nick and I are. So what we decided to do for today, because we, we did not want to not do a show. Um, I've been reading a lot of research about how to do a good podcast, um, and mostly what they say is that when you're when you're new, and we're 10, 10 episodes in, so we're feeling pretty proud of that, but we're still pretty new, and they said you should never... You should always release episodes regularly, every week, or, or, or you know, whatever right. your schedule is, you need to keep to your schedule. So here we are. It's actually, this. today is Sunday. Today is the release day. This is the first time we've ever done an episode for release same day, because we're kind of just, it was actually Molly's idea. She's like, well, I could come on the show. I was like, we, we I, you could? I, I dare you. Sure. 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 Do it. 
we'll uh you know we'll just neglect our children for a couple just hours. A, just a couple just hey a couple guys, here's some veggie straws and thomas here's the toilet here's a bowl of water <laughs> for you to <laughs> for you two and the and the cats to literally share. shut the gate yeah, <laughs> yeah locked them in locked them on the main floor they're fine oh. everyone out there who's worried and calling cps on us <laughs> they're they're just fine um we can hear them and we actually may have to stop this show once or twice to you just... may hear them well yeah no i'm the one wearing earphones you no, will i'm talking them. to the listeners they oh. may hear them yeah you mean like the royal you yeah okay y'all and if that happens we'll just take quick breaks and we'll record until we have enough right. you know to, to call an episode we actually do have a point for recording today we're not going to get into book five that's that's sacred territory for Nick and I, honey. <laughs> you can't impose on Nick and I's special relationship in that way. I won't come between you and Nick. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Shots fired. I'm just saying. I'm going to choose to take that in the non-dirty sense. But, um, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> yes, yes. So here's what's on the agenda, okay? Um, Molly and I, we've, I, I've talked on the show a couple of times with Nick about digging into the short stories. Because there's, there's so much material there, um, and they're a lot more digestible. So actually, Molly and I had a little bit of a road trip yesterday. Uh, we were going somewhere and coming back from somewhere, and we had a long car trip. And I was like, hey, you know, we could totally listen to one of these short stories right now. You know, most of them in Audible are only like 30 to 60 minutes. Um, and we listened to them on a faster speed anyway. So she was like, sure, let's do it. So we, we started on story one of the, of the original D6, which is Cave of the Kobolds. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Not, very nice. <laughs> it, it was, And you know, after having read it, um, we both listened to it at the same time. Very appropriate title. I mean, like it, it is literally, it's just about a cave of the kobolds right i mean it's it's really what you hear is what you you know how they say you can't judge a, a book by its cover this one you can you can very much judge this book by its cover <laughs> so um what were your initial thoughts what did you think of this this is your first short story you've never listened to any of them before i haven't i haven't read or listened to any of the short stories um and i've been meaning to but you know i just usually when i listen to books i listen to them because you know i'm too busy to read anymore and I usually listen to things that are long. That's what she said. So that I can um, like do stuff like mm -hmm. chores and things while I'm listening, go around. And I think when I listened to like books one through three, I was painting the shed. Right. You know, so it's like a steady hey, it looks stream. great. Thanks. <laughs> you got to appreciate a good steady stream. <laughs> steady stream of audio. Of audio. Not. A steady stream of rock hard audio. <laughs> Not dicks. Oh jeez, I'm saying a lot of things. Yeah, that's um, that. It's a podcast. I mean, it's, <laughs> that's you're supposed to say lots of things. Listeners tend to be put off by the whole, you know, like long, uncomfortable silences. That's Nick's. That's Nick's territory. I mean, be fair. You cannot encroach on Nick's trademark. His yeah, long, but I'm uncomfortable trying to impersonate silences. Nick now. I'm like Nick 2.0. I feel like I should take off my pants. Well, Nick typically does Nick's record thing. at least half naked. That's right? true. That is his thing. That's his thing. <laughs> so anyway yeah so first what, impressions first impressions um, i noticed you know it's cooper and julian mm -hmm. i like that it was uh more of you know i don't know just just that duo not like right you know the typical like side clicks that we've been hearing in the books and stuff like that you, you know? know and that's that's a, that's a good point that you bring that up because i like i said i've been reading and then rereading so much content that i like Listening to this, I may as well have been listening to it for the first time, you know, because yeah. I barely remembered anything about any particular short story. Maybe there's a couple where specific things stick out. Like I remember on the on the main show, 
Um, I referenced to Nick one time the Pixie Dicks episode or the <laughs> short story because I remember some things about that and um, the Christmas one. There's a Christmas one where they basically do um, Ebenezer Scrooge. What is that? A Christmas Carol? Sure. They basically do like a CNC, a Christmas Carol where, oh, that's where fun. Tim is Ebenezer. Yeah, so it's really cool. Anyway, so I didn't remember anything about this one. And uh, it's that's what struck me about it first as well is that, oh my God, like I kept waiting for um, Tim and Dave right. to, to show up. And I'm like, oh, I guess. I guess no. I guess they're, it's just the two of them. Um, yeah, that's kind of interesting because I can tell you the majority of the short stories are all four of them. Like they, they're almost oh, all cool. Yeah, all, all right. four of the, um, and typically only all four of them. Like you don't, you don't get Chaz, you don't get Cat. It's just usually like the four South Park type of guys. You know, Julian, Tim, yeah, the Cooper, core four, da- the core Got four, it. yeah. yeah. Um, but this one, not, not so much. This one. Huh. Just the two of them, and and Ravenous huh. or Ravenous, as as Nick would <laughs> Ra- say. Ravenous. You need to do me a favor and say Ravenous so that I can correct you, because that's like just you know that's something that makes me feel more comfortable. Just so you can feel like Nick is here. Yeah, and we're doing it right. Well, I always say that Nick's always here in my heart. Right. Um, and he is, but he's not here in the studio, which makes it tough to record an episode. <laughs> so yeah, but so, yeah. um, so this is the first short story, and um. Obviously, anyone reading the first short story would have no way to know this until they continued reading the rest of them and start to pick up on this trend. But we um, we get a few tidbits right pretty early in this short story, which is pretty short by itself. But pretty early in the short story, they establish a couple things, mm-hmm. timeline-wise. And, and you and I talked about this. Yes. Um, they establish very quickly that this is um, – I've got my notes that I can reference here. Uh, there's a reference to the werewolf hunting right yes um because um cooper's tired of taking bolts in the ass ass and melting them down for uh money yeah yeah because julian's like what are we even doing here he's like we're robbing somebody dude right they don't even know that it's going to be cobalt sure and and to take one step back to set the scene as i've always said if you're listening to this episode i assume you would have listened to the short story or read the short story before you listen to the rest of the stuff because we are going to spoil it. There's not much to spoil. No. But what little there is, we are going to spoil. So the, the scene is that we open the... the I remember the fir- very first line of the book I made a note <laughs> of because it's just so... Right. It, it, it tells you you're in the right place. If you're a fan of Caverns and Creatures, then you're going to enjoy these short stories. The first line is something like, Cooper scratched his balls thoughtfully. Yeah. And I thought that's just that's just very Bevan. And I laughed out loud. So they're just outside the entrance to this cave, right? And Julian's just kind of like, what are we doing here? Why are we here? And Cooper, who is the more experienced player of of the two of them, is like, well, it's caverns and creatures. This is, you know. This is a cavern. Right. And I'll bet there's some creatures. (laughs) So we're going to go in there and we're going to, you know, kill them and take their shit. Because that's what you do in C&C. Right. Right. Right, and compassionate Julian. Yeah, he struggles with this. He's like, wait, so we're going to murder them? And he's like, no, dude, they're monsters. Like, well, what if they're goblins? Well, you know, Greeley was pretty cool. You know, he's like, yeah, that, he's like that's, I love Greeley. that's fair. So he's like, all right, so no, we won't kill any people. We won't kill any goblins. But everybody else is pretty much fair game. Right. And Julian's like, all right, well, whatever. And then immediately, I mean, like, well, they go in and, you know. Yeah find somebody i mean it really is a very a to b story yeah you know like there's really not much complicated about it and i don't mean that in a bad way this was the very first short story i don't know that if it's no it was very it was very D D s like we're gonna go do the side quest here to like get some shit so yeah buy more shit and i kind of wonder if this is actually the first one that bevan wrote 
like in terms of what order because none of them really require like there's no connection between the right. short stories. So like I wonder like if this is the first one he actually and I would actually not be surprised at all if it wasn't. Um, I would actually be really surprised if if it if it was not the first one he wrote. Right. Um, because it does feel very kind of like, hey, let's, let's just take two characters, you know, not worry about all four, not worry about throwing in any of the secondary characters. Let me just take Cooper. Let me take Julian. I guess we'll have Ravenous be there for some comic relief. Um, you know, and we'll just put them in this cave. And I bet, you know, that he just sat down and just wrote. I wouldn't be surprised if he knocked this out in a single sitting. Oh, sure. You know, because it, it oh, feels very that way. And I love it because it, it like reaffirms my love for Julian. Right. Like in the main stories because I just, I do. I love Julian. Right. And it kind of reaffirms my, my like hate to love Cooper. Sure. You know? Now, see, this is an interesting situation you've put me in here because this is the first time I've had anyone other than Nick on the show. Okay. And you are a woman. Right. At last I knew you were a woman. Well. We've had two kids, so there seems to be strong <laughs> evidence to support it. Um, but it's good to get a woman's perspective. And I, you know, I, I'd, I'd almost be curious to ask which of you kind of answered it already. Right. But of the four failures, who, like if you had to go out on a date with one of the failures. Cat. Cat? Yeah. Nice. Nice. There is no question. That's cool. Fucking hate Stacy. Hate Stacy. Right. Well, are you saying. We've had if conversations you, about this. Are you saying if you were a guy, you'd go out with the cat? Or no, you're I'm saying, saying you, me Molly as Molly. Be, if nice. you had to pick, if I had to pick from the core four, it wouldn't be none of them. It would be Tim's sister. Yeah. <laughs> so if it's A, B, C, or D, you right. choose E. I, I choose cat. Nice. Well, expand upon that. I don't know. She's just fucking badass. She got thrown into this world that she knew nothing about. Right. And she like totally rose to the occasion, right? Yeah. You know, she she goes off and meets this like charming vampire and like doesn't need saving. Like they all come to her aid, right? And she's yeah, like... Yeah, when she didn't ask anybody like, for aid. Like, yeah, GTFO. I'm yeah. here and this is what I want. You and guys like, are cock blocking me. Exactly, right? Like she was like, this is a good situation for me. And there are people out there that like, you know... You know, she has it. No, I don't know. Explain. I'm just saying. <laughs> Use your words. <laughs> I'm suddenly very bad at this and inarticulate. You're doing great. Um, no, there's like, you know, she knows what she wants and she doesn't care the route she needs to take to get it. And yeah, I love that. She's a strong woman. It's admirable. And yes. she is constantly putting Tim in his place, right? which is great because Tim's yeah. always like trying to be this protector babysitter type. And she's like, I, like that's fine if you want to humor yourself to feel right. like you're taking care of me. But like, yeah. I'm fine. And I remember in the main books, there's actually a part, I think it's uh, maybe even in book one or two, where she's going to go out, she's not a vampire yet, and I think she's going to go out like hunting for like ants or whatever. Yeah. You know, and Tim's like, oh, well, I don't know if I said that was okay or something. And she goes, uh, I wasn't, A, wasn't, wasn't asking, asking for your permission. Right. Um, but thank you for your concern kind of thing. Yeah. And she fucking destroys the giant like ant lobster thing that they, yeah. you know, cook and eat. And then they scare the hell out of uh, <laughs> Don't they like wear it like as a man, yes! like, a, like almost like a Barney, the dinosaur type of head? That's kind of how I picture it with this giant mutilated ant head. Oh my God. And what happens after that? They like, um, there's some sort of conflict and they like have pieces of the ant. That well, they, they cook brought. it. They cook they it. Cook like it, they brought yeah. pieces to eat and like. They're roasting their, the, the ant's dead companion. Um, and then that's what draws the other ants right. to them. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. And then they're like, oh, it's delicious. Yeah. It's heavenly. It's naturally spicy. Naturally spicy. It, oh, I, I'm not going to lie. And Nick and I talked about this on the appropriate episode, but like, it kind of makes me want to try some. <laughs> you know? No. What? It's disgusting. You didn't, you didn't have that thought at all? No, I did not read this book and think, hmm, now I want to put a bunch of ants in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you put it like that, 
But I'm talking about like the, I, I don't, you know what? Never mind. I'm digging my hole deeper and deeper here. It's it, when I, when, when I read that part of the books, I was like, I, I'd like a bite. I'd take a bite of this naturally spicy. Cause don't they describe it as kind of like almost like a crawfish type of, or like a lobster. Like a crab. Because you have they have like, it. yeah. Yeah. Cause they have like the exoskeletons. Right. And so like the meat is basically like firming up and boiling like inside the shell. <laughs> You know, and then you crack it open and some yep. succulent ant meat comes out. Maybe a little <laughs> bit of butter. Maybe a little bit of salt and pepper. I, you know what? I would try some. Wait, we got like way off track really, really fast. Yeah, I know. So where, what were we actually talking about? Cave of the Kobolds? Ca- cave of the, you know, yeah. Cave cavern of the Kobolds. Cavern of the Creatures. Creatures in a cavern. Yeah. Sure that. Who's on first? So Cooper and Julian. <laughs> yeah, so Cooper and Julian are there. Actually, there is some really interesting stuff, though. Like, there's some good, um, like, even though the actual plot itself is relatively, and by relatively, I mean extremely thin and straightforward, and that's not a criticism, uh, the majority of the interesting stuff, in my opinion, for this book is just kind of like the dynamics between these three characters because it's sort of a triangle and that i think is really like sort of the buried or kind of like secret real point of this book you know because there's that moment at the end they fight some kobolds and it's fine that's pretty much the entire plot of the book right right but then at the end there is because as they go through the cave um there's a lot of like tension between cooper and ravenous yeah you know yeah so there's like a lot of discussion about that and there's the kind of whole like comedic because like Julian's like, the why interpreter. Why won't you spend one skill point yeah. to just speak in a British accent? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then Cooper like starts making fun of French people for some Such reason. Such dirt. I hate Cooper, but I love. He's like Cooper. The, the day I speak in a British accent is the day I like like wear a beret and shove a baguette <laughs> up my ass. And, yes, and, a baguette. Yeah, and and uh, Julian's like, I think you're mixing up your xenophobias, and he's like, I don't, I don't care. You know, that's right. that's because I, that's because of how little I give a fuck or something like that. Right. So there, so there's the whole thing between Ravenous and Cooper, and Julian's like the interpreter, you know, because they can't understand each other. Right. Um, and like Cooper apologizes to her, like, oh, I'm sorry, and then Julian's like, Ravenous, do you have anything to say to Cooper? And he's like, tell him to go fuck himself or something. And Julian's like, he says he's sorry yeah. too. <laughs> Which you know, that's kind of like a funny little tried and true thing with with interpretation humor. Right. Um, but then at the end, they find the treasure, which is basically nothing. <laughs> right. It's like a couple of copper pieces but they find a potion right and i thought that was pretty interesting because julian's like um it's almost like a triple reverse psychology yeah he like says it's cure light wounds yeah and cooper's like oh that's great because my those rocks really hurt so cooper downs the potion and julian's like psych it's actually truth serum (laughs) and then he's like "So, so what's your deal like why do you hate ravenous so much and like here's here's the real meat of the of the story Right. That's right. Well, yeah, opinion. that's yeah. The, the purpose. Because the kobolds, go. it's like nothing. It could have been anything. It's just it's like a ten minute adventure where they fight something and they win. Right. But like the real purpose of the story, um, in terms of character development, even though I think technically the short stories are considered non-canon, it feels like they still sort of are. Like in terms of helping the reader understand these characters better, and their motivations better. Well, sure, sure. And it feels like you have to know, like, certain things. Like, you wouldn't have understood, like, the, the arrows in the ass, like, wolf, you know, right. if you hadn't read the thing. Well, yeah, because it's, it's, I think that it's not meant to be a two-way road, but it is very much so a one-way road, where I mean... Like, they, the, yeah, the short stories, I'm sorry, I totally interrupted you. The short stories are not meant to be, to be standalone. Like, the short stories reference the main books, right. but the main books don't ever reference the exactly. short stories. So, yeah. um, but then there also are a couple of, and we've 
brushed on this briefly with the werewolf hunting. Um, and then there is um, a comment made about like, oh, well, now that Mordred's not running the show. And that really establishes the time frame of the short stories because we know right. yes. that it's after book one, but before, at least before the end of book two. Because the end of book two is where we see Mordred shitting on the you know freezer floor. Right. So we kind of know that these short stories are all meant to take place post book one, pre end of book two. That's where all of them happen. So, so they must be thinking that Mordred's either dead, right, or you know, right, and that he's comment, locked in the freezer, right, yeah. exactly. And that's so that so right now during all these short stories, Mordred is locked in the freezer, and that right. kind of tells us this is you know again this is the first short story, so we don't know at the time whether that's going to be the case, but I'm telling you that is the case. All of gotcha. the short stories take place during this chronology, in that same timeline. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, but it's really interesting because uh, you know, Coop at the end he gives he tricks him into taking the potion. Tricks him into believing it's a truth serum, and then says, "What's the deal, man? Right? And What's Cooper's your deal?" Just such a idiot. Yeah. And do you? I mean, do you he remember what Cooper says? Beans. Do you remember what Cooper's answer is? Well, no. No. I okay, was a little fair. compromised. When we... I, okay. I, well, I, I thought you know what, Noah, you're talking way too much, and people want to hear. They don't want to hear you. They they, they do want to hear you. No, That's no, no, no. Listening. They they're sick of me. They hear me all the time. They want to hear this pretty, you know, awesome girl who's on the show now. Um, I probably should have said awesome and then pretty because that's the, the proper order in which those things matter. But but neither of those two things can they hear. So that's, well, thank you. You have a very pretty. You have a pretty voice. That's, that's can you hear my lisp? I'm trying really hard to keep it under wraps. You're doing great. You have a, you have a very attractive voice. If I say so myself, <laughs> I can hear I can hear you in my earphones, and I've also been listening to you talk for approximately a decade. I enjoy your voice. I'm sure everyone enjoys this part of our conversation. They're going to love this tangent. You know what? Everyone, every time I feel like I need to rein in a tangent, I get universal feedback from everybody saying, don't let the tangents go. Let them, let them run free. Let your freak flag tangent fly. <laughs> anyway, my whole point was I was trying to give anyway. you a chance to like maybe take part of the, the story to explain because I was like, people want to hear Molly talk about this stuff. And then she's like, nope, don't remember. <laughs> I'm, well, I mean, <laughs> okay, so to we, be fair. <laughs> to be fair, when we listened to this story on our, dri- our drive back, we had both been uh, taking part in the drink the night before. So Molly wasn't feeling super great at the time. <laughs> so we did listen to it. And I'm sure as I continue to refresh her memory. <laughs> okay. I remember bits and pieces in between the, the throwing up. <laughs> Little bits. Rick and Morty, anybody? Okay, so anyway, what Cooper says um, is basically being under the impression that he is under the effects of a truth serum. He says, well, like, well you know, you and I are best friends, kind of, um, which is weird. I don't think he uses the word best friends but because Cooper and Tim are meant to be <laughs> best friends. But C- Cooper and Julian in the real world before they got sucked into the game were coworkers at a pizza delivery place. And so he's right. and so he's basically saying like, "Hey man, you and I are good buddies. We were really tight. We've been delivering pizza together for years." Um, and then you get this stupid bird, and within like a day, it seems like he's more important to you than I am. Mm. You know, like you were more worried about this bird than you are me. And you know, Cooper really kind of having a vulnerable moment. Right. Suddenly, some insight. I feel like this is meta game insight because I don't feel like Cooper's character is like capable of articulating those feelings the way he did and that's true and i think that that's kind of one of the rules that we have um learned as far back as book one that like they are capable of still being their metagame selves yeah but only in a context where it doesn't affect 
like actions in the games. Yeah, and you know and, what? That that kind of reminds me because at some point in uh, this short story, when we were listening, Cooper uses like a three syllable word, and it was like a big. It was like <laughs> a big word, like a um, you know, Co- like colloquialism like a, like a, or like a tier three. Yeah, it was something. something like that. And I was like, dude, like yeah. that's not Cooper. He couldn't read cat. Yeah, you know, yeah. like. Well, so that's the thing, it though, It had right? to be, but they weren't talking about game. Right. They were talking about, you know, I don't know. I don't know if there are rules. Bevan, what are your rules? We, you know, we, it's up to us to figure them out as I they know, go along. But, but he, it's so hard. It's pretty consistent, though, because there's another yeah. part in the same story where Julian says, like, oh, attack the one on your 11 o'clock. Do you remember? Because right, and he couldn't and he figure that out. He's like, out. I don't know what that and means. And then they're, like, talking. Like, they go down on their tangent here right. and... Talking that's, about my 11 or your 11. But that is pretty consistent, is though, right? Because, like, yeah. that's they're in combat. Like, right. Cooper can't use his knowledge as a real human being, as Cooper in his, in his mind's eye. Right. He can't use the fact that Cooper knows how to read a watch to influence his decisions in the game. Like, Cooper, the D&D char- or C&C character, is trying to decide which kobold to attack. Julian is trying to help him decide which cobalt to attack, but he's using a reference that Cooper, the game character, can't understand. Right. And so, yeah. like, in his brain, he's like, I'm sorry, I, I don't know what that means, you right. know? But then you fast forward to the end of the book, where they're having this very personal conversation. It's not anything... About their real-life about... relationship. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. It's yeah. funny. It's just funny to see him kind of seamlessly glide in and out. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to say it. That's too easy, even for me. In and out of these two personas, you know? I love watching Cooper glide in and out. (laughs) Well, you know my feelings on Cooper, so... Well, at least no one on the podcast can see how red your cheeks are right now. Oh, shoot, should I I not have told them that? Oh, I'm such a a bad co-host. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, man. So, yeah, Cooper does kind of go in and out of these two. Because I think Cooper probably is the one of the four core failures who is the most, like, different from his real-life counterpart. At least in terms of, like, he's obviously... I mean, like, with a a charisma score of four, and I think his intelligence score is maybe something like eight. It's, It's not as bad as his charisma, but it's still pretty bad. Like... He he doesn't even have, like, kindergarten-level education, you know? Right. So, like, he definitely is the one who is the most debilitated by the differences between his real-life self and his game self. Would you think that's—do you agree with that? Yes, but when I when I used the word glide, what I was trying to convey there is that it's like—it's almost like a seamless, you know, transition. Sure. From, like, speaking one way and then becoming the complete dumbass that his character is, you right, know? Right, right. Like, it's, it's, it just, it's, they're kind of, like, embedded together and it, it, you know, happens seamlessly, like, and constantly. It's, like, continuous. And, right. And there are, I'm sure there are rules that, that dictate, like you said, when he can use words like colloquialism or right. and you know and when he doesn't know how to read an analog clock you know right it's... and it seems like the further into the game and f- the further into their you know cardinia existences they get kind of the more comfortable cooper becomes with just kind of like seamlessly transitioning between right. the two yeah. you know cuz i remember in the first book when they were first all going through their their really rough like figuring things out phase it, it was really tough like there were a couple times where cooper would get really frustrated and be like I, I can't i can't i can't read this or i can't you know i can't do this because the game won't let me and uh to your point it feels like in these short stories you know bevan is kind of allowing cooper to be more natural in 
um, just sort of naturally realizing when there are things he can do and when there are things he can't. And like, he doesn't, he doesn't waste much time belaboring it. You know, it, it, he just understands his limits and is maybe more, um, more adjusted to them. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Good Mm. job. Great. 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 Yeah. Good job. Good job. job, You good job. (laughs) So yeah. So he, he admits a lot of these really deep kind of feelings of insecurity to, to Julian and Julian, dare I ask, do you recall Julian's general response? Do you want to take that or should I keep going? Uh, So Julian is very gracious, (laughs) right? Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, indubitably. I was not throwing up at all. No, totes. that part of the story was happening. He's very comforting. And, you know, it's kind of like the end of a sitcom episode. And I've I've actually referenced um, these short stories to Nick and other people in that way, where, like, everyone feels kind of like an episode of Full House or Step by Step. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Where where every episode, it's like, oh, oh, what kind of shenanigans are going to happen this week? (laughs) <laughs> no, but that's like, you know, that's that's like literary devices in play, you know, yes. rising action, you know, conflict, rising action, resolution, resolution. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then, and then there's always like a there's like a moral at the end, like some sure. kind of like or sometimes there's not like and it's funny because sometimes in the later short stories, it'll just be like, we didn't learn anything. The end. <laughs> But but this is one where there's there's actually a really kind of you know I, I I don't think touching is too strong a word because Julian really explains things gently to him and he's like look buddy you know <laughs> oh. it's okay you know you got to understand Raven Ravenous is my familiar you know Ravenous right right so he's like he's like dude it's fine you're still my bro we're still bros. Um, but Ravenous is like a part of me, you know, he's, he's really more a part of me than he is competition for you. Yeah. You know, and Cooper actually seems to take that pretty well. Sure. Um, and then there's like the triple psych because Julian's like the reveal. He's like, he <laughs> oh, goes, yeah, I forgot remember? Cause he's like, oh, it's cure light wounds. Drink it. And then he drinks it. And he's like, oh, it's yeah. like, it's actually truth serum. And then totally so, not. Truth he's like, no, nope, it wasn't truth serum. Do you remember what it was? Um, if you do, you'll get all the points because I am actually struggling myself. Oh, I don't know. It was something stupid. Like fire resistance or it something? It was fire resistance. Okay, thank you. That's good job. Thanks. Good job. I really couldn't. It took me a minute, but I was like, I know it'll come to me. So he like has this insightful, like, you know, they this, this heart to heart and they, you know, it's touching. Yeah. And then Julian's like, also, just quick reminder, you're still a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> I'm smarter than you. I tricked you. It really is. It's kind of a clever thing. And I'm talking about from an outside-the-book perspective, it was a clever way for Bevan to, to draw it up. You yeah, know? yeah, sure. Because if he if if he's being true to these characters, he can't imagine that, like, well, I can't just have Julian ask him, and I can't just assume that Cooper would tell the truth, because, like, Cooper's just, he's not the kind of guy who talks about his feelings, like, willingly. Right. You know, he's not really that it's kind gotta of... has got to be tricked into it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was a really clever way to write it. Good mm-hmm. job, Bevan. You're, you're, you're a good writer. Good job. Molly's, that's Molly giving you a slow clap. So, um, I think that's about it. There's really, you can't, we've got a solid 30 minutes out of, out of just bullshit and, uh, you know, like a 30 minute short story. Nice. Do we end here? No, 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 no. We, we can still keep talking, but. Good um, enough for today. Okay. No, but we, we talked about doing some emails. Um, we're finally starting to get some, some emails. Chickenhutpodcast at gmail.com suspiciously quiet downstairs i know right we're gonna go down and find them like with hot sauce all over their heads or i know you know grape jelly on the the bathroom floor i don't know i gave our youngest child the graham crackers before we came up here 
all-you-can-eat graham cracker buffet. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was a bad idea. There like, our a... Roku's not going to be able to, or no. what am I thinking? Our Roomba. Our Roomba is not going to be able to handle it. No, Roomba's going to have his work cut out for him today. <laughs> so, yeah, no, he's probably, I don't know how much yeast there is in graham crackers, but if it's possible <laughs> to get drunk off of graham crackers, he is going to be drunk AF. It's probably, yeah. So anyway, yeah. We, so anyway, we talked about yeah covering this short story, which I think we've done adequately, and I hope you guys all enjoyed that. We'll start doing some more short stories. I still, I've been saying this literally since the first day the podcast started, that we that I need to figure out how to use uh, the software that I downloaded to um, be able to record um, two-way conversations through through Skype. Um, so I'll get to that when I get to that, but <laughs> hopefully once that happens, and I hope Molly, if you are bringing up these emails while I'm stalling, yeah, I am. um, once, I once we're able to do that, we can start doing these short story episodes more often. Um, we can have guests on the show. We'd still love to have Bevan on the show. Um, we'd love to have sleep on the show who, okay, hey, congratulations to the sleep family. And did you see that? Are, are you, are you friends with them on Facebook? Yes. Yeah. They, they just had a baby. I did not see that. Well, they just had a baby, and the baby looks gorgeous. Um, congratulations! Congratulations to the Sleep family. Um, I hope everyone is doing congratulations well. Congratulations to the No Sleep family. Oh! We've been shit, there. Shit, dog! <laughs> I see what... No, I see what you did there. <laughs> that was funny AF. I'm just going to add AF onto everything, because it makes me feel hip. Super lit. Everyone knows how hip I am. You're lit AF. I am lit AF. Which, coincidentally was something that a student of mine turned in. Something that said lit AF? I asked an opinion question, and they said lit AF. What was it the other day? Do you remember? I gave them credit for it. There was something on Facebook that somebody wrote um, that a friend of ours, like, wrote. And I was like, what is is this a thing now? Like, somebody, do you remember that at all? Like, um, You're going to have to be more specific. Man, oh, man, oh, man, that's going to bug the hell out of me. But, like, somebody referenced... uh, what was it about? It was about National Treasure. Remember, like, the movie National Treasure, and someone was talking about the movie National Treasure and, like, how they invited someone over to basically, like, Netflix and chill, <laughs> and they put on National Treasure, but it backfired because National Treasure was so, like, a good movie that they wound up <laughs> watching the whole movie. Which, you know what? Which we joked. I totally would do that. I know. But I we, love it. For one thing, we joked about how, like, no, National Treasure is not that good of a movie, even though I love it. It's kind of one of my g- guilty pleasure it's, movies. It's, it's, Nicholas Cage, right? Isn't it? Yeah. yeah I mean, like, but they, yeah. They, Declaration of Independence. It's it's it's. That's high praise. Iconic. It's high praise. <sighs> but I I was trying to remember because there was some reference to the movie that I didn't understand, and I was like, "What does that mean?" I was like, "Is that new slang? Like, is that a that's a that's a term now?" Maybe if someone's listening. Who, who knows? Can, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know. About. I'll look it up for next Lit time. Lit AF. Anyway, we've got some emails. Hey, email. Hey. Um, I feel like we need to have some sort of a drop here. Like I, some I sort wish of, we did. If anybody listening to the show something. like is into audio production. Emails. Emails. Chicka, chicka. Fake IDs, fake IDs. But maybe this will be something Dick that we make. Picks. Yeah, yeah that is. Thank you, Nick. God, you <laughs> really are. Why is you it? You know what? What? I thought about coming on here and then giving out Nick's personal email or maybe his work email, his school email. Like revenge? Yeah. And just be like, send your dick pics. Yeah. That'd be a low blow in more ways than one. I'm just kidding. But I uh, won't really do it. No, no. Or will I? We wouldn't dare. But um, maybe this would be a good segment to use on the short story episodes because the short stories are as they, as they are want to be, they are shorter. So... You know, there's not as much content to go over with the short stories. I'm thinking maybe some episodes will do two short stories. 
maybe episodes where we have a decent number of emails to read and respond to that will do a short story and then do some emails. Because I think that would be, you know. I like it. We're starting to actually Short get some emails, emails, right? And not all of them are pictures of dicks. Some of them are actually legitimate emails. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed. I was going to filter the dicks because I am the, what did we say? Like the shepherd of the email? The or... resident dick pic expert. Oh, well, that too. Right? That goes without saying. Well, I mean, you know, you are a woman. Women, women tend to get dick pics sent to them a lot more often than guys. heterosexual guys do. Guys. Guys, am I right? Like, w- yes. Yeah. Dicks are abundant. And Abundant a low AF. value. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so this is our public service announcement. Don't send unsolicited dick pics, except for apparently to chickenhutpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you put Noah's name in the subject line so that I know that I can skip that one. Yes, Because I've already seen him. Yeah, it happened. You know. I hope you're not too traumatized. Nah, it's cool. Okay. Most of them are like Dick Cheney and Richard Nixon. Right, clever. It's a clever way to take it. But what do we got? Do you, I mean, uh, cue me up here because I, I, I typically, you know, monitor the, the email myself, but Molly has graciously agreed to sort of be the steward of the emails in terms of, um, you know, giving me some content and for, for me as the presumptive uh, primary host of the show to respond to on the air. Right. So Noah's fun. too busy to read every word you guys send him, look, so I'll read it first and let him know. Look, this podcast is really taking off. <laughs> I'm 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 pretty we important. We have six emails queued up I'm right now. I'm famous AF. I can't walk down the street without somebody being like, "Hey, excuse me, you're in my way." And then I'm like, "I have a podcast." So that's usually <laughs> that's usually how those interactions happen. So let's what do we got? Give me an email. All right. So what, how how do we want to play this? Back to front? Do I start from the oldest? Back, back to front. <laughs> back front, to front, front. Front to back. Uh, dealer's choice. Give me one. All right. So we have an email here from Steve L. Steve L. He has sent us the most emails. What is this? Alcoholics Anonymous? This I'm just is saying. Steve L? Well, I can't say his last name. Uh, then let's just go with Steve L. I don't know if he'd want I don't know if he'd want us to use his Probably last not, name on the you show. Know. So let's just go with Steve L. So Steve sent us a quite exquisite, his words, not mine, picture of Dick Nixon. Nice. Thank you, Steve. I would say the famous criminal, but he was pardoned, so I think officially he's he is not, not a, a crook. He's he is, and he's very happy to point that out to you. <laughs> okay, then we have a much longer email sent to us from Jarrett. Wait, 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 back up. That's like what? that's literally that's all... literally it says quite exquisite in the subject line, and it's just a picture of Richard Nixon. Okay, well, how about we just skip to the ones that actually have things for us to talk? Oh, about? Oh, okay, but there's only six, so I thought like hey, like really we'll take just your time, really pad this here, yeah. So anyway, um, oh no, sorry, I'm destroying the studio. Okay, <clears throat> Jarrett okay. sent us an email on August 20th. Sorry, we're taking so long to get back to you now that it's September. Yeah. Um, that says, hi, Nick and Noah. I've been reading the CNC books since Audible released Critical Failures 1. I haven't been able to get any of my friends or my D&D 5e players to read them, so I live vicariously through your podcast conversations. Okay, so let me I'll take up I'll take a moment to pause there and just say then you are not a very good salesman, Jarrett. Yeah, damn it. It's your job to go out there and you get, get your shit together, get your shit Jarrett. together. You Come get on. them to read those fucking books and, and buy, buy the merch. merch. <laughs> so that's 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 your first critical failure. See what I did there? Because those are the because oh. those are the name, names of the books. Burn, Jarrett. Your new assignment um, is to go out and find at least one person that you can convince to um, read the first book, 
and listen to this show. That's your homework assignment, okay, J okay, buddy? So I want you to work real hard on this assignment, okay? All right, so before you do any more pandering to your audience here... I think um, that was more patronizing than... Or patronizing, <laughs> yeah. So, so Jarrett also wrote like six more paragraphs. Let me keep going. Okay, well, give me, the, give me the highlights. All right, so you guys have a great dynamic. It's always entertaining. Thank you. On behalf you. of Nick, I'll say thank you, but thank you should you. also see my ass. No, yeah. I'm kidding. Uh, I like the random tangents, but what about some less random ones? My suggestion Ooh, is a intriguing. segment on how to bring Bevan into your campaign, which we just discussed, because no one needs to get his shit together, figure out how to use... Skype oh. in the podcast. Well, you're talking about bringing Bevan onto the podcast, but I, if if I can be so presumptive, uh, Molly, is he talking about like how to? Oh incorporate... no, he goes on to talk about yes. D and D. Yes. No, you're right. He's talking about like how to incorporate caverns and creatures elements into D and D, D and D or Pathfinder campaign. I gotcha. I think I did read this email. So he's talking about like 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 um, rules for stone piss and things like that. Isn't there something about like if you drink so much stone piss, you take like a penalty? Yes. Yeah, he's that's a, really so cool. So he's a DM and he brings mechanics of CNC into the, his, the his games campaign. that he he runs. Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. Um, that's cool. Every shot for every shot of stone piss, the character drinks. Right. Right. They get a default. And I think you're right. I think that was a pretty long email. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll so move yeah, on to the next one. So yeah, great That's a great email. That's pretty cool. Thanks for writing in. If I had less kids, <clears throat> no kids, I'd probably play a lot more D&D &D than I do now, which right. is none. Right. So, uh, I mean, but like we used to be super into Pathfinder. I could get into that. Totes. I could get into that. Well, thanks for the email. Um, do not write me again until you've finished your homework. Yeah. We're going to keep track. So what We're do we got next? We're going to keep track. Oh, hey, look, it's uh, Steve L. again. You know what I think I love even less than long, awkward silences? Me saying ah uh, for 30 seconds? Yeah. Thanks. It's because almost at like we've... <laughs> because at least long, awkward silences can be edited out when you just do like an emergency broadcast signal impersonation. <laughs> that's going to be a little bit tougher. But anyway, what do we got next on the emails? I see what you did there. I'm just being Nick. Just you just yeah. Just filling the shoes. I was gonna say you're just being it's just Molly being me, but it's it's not. It's Molly, it's Molly being, being someone Nick. else. Yeah. Right. Okay, next email. All right, Steve L sent us an email that says he's Belgian. Wait, wait. Steve L of the aforementioned Steve L thing. Steve L of the aforementioned Steve L. God, Steve Steve uh really keeping with it with the emails. We need like a we need like a punch card. So wait, there's six emails. How many of them are from Steve L? <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> Is four. It, I was. Gonna, I swear to you, I was gonna set the plus or minus at three point five, and I wasn't sure if I was gonna take the over or the under. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks, thanks, Steve. L. We we appreciate your patronage. I'm gonna assume that the last name stands for love. Steve, is it Steve or Stephen? Uh, well, hit, wait. Uh, Steve is his name on Gmail, but Stephen is in his email address. Okay, so Stephen Love. That's that's our new. Sure. Okay. All right. So he sends us an email that just says he's Belgian. Oh. Oh. But he's wait, speaking of... Steve is Belgian? Or no. He's talking he about just, Poirot. Yes. Yeah, okay. Nationality. Because I made a Poirot reference a couple episodes back. Right now. Good job. Air cube Poirot. Way to not do your homework. I don't... I'm just making most references. of this shit up. Yeah. Guys, you might think that like, man, he just knows so much. He must do like so much research before these podcasts and like, right. you know. No. He's I just, just winging it. No, I just have a lot of Winging random pop everything. culture knowledge, and it's like 94% accurate most of the time. Maddening. But I didn't, I, I would have days. assumed that he was French, but I guess he's, Bel I mean, that's pretty close, Belgium. right? Belgium Belgium, and France are pretty sure. close together, aren't they? 
<laughs> no, I'm being serious. Like geographically, aren't they pretty close? No, they are. I just opened another email oh. because uh, abundantly. Stupid me. I thought you were actually. Low dick. I thought you found something funny that I said. No, no also that. It's just so. a dick. I just know when to start tuning you out, honey. It's All right, been let's do, 10 years. That's fair enough. That's how you managed to stand me this long. Let's do one more, um, if we can find one more with some uh, some content in it, and then we'll okay. wrap this up. Well, somebody else sent us one of those, uh, you know, like, number eight equals, 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 and then a big D. Equals, equals, so, equals dick? Yeah. Okay, you know, that's clever. So funny dick emoji. Right. And the rest... The rest of our emails are from Steve L. <laughs> well, give me one more. Give me one more Steve L. We'll, um, we'll make Julie's, it a hat all right, trick. So Julie's command for magic missile. Yeah. It's a preservative with antibacterial and antifungal effects. I'll be damned. Well, thank you very much for that. Steve, Stevie Love. The is, more you know. Stevie Love. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> oh, see, if Nick were here, he would have done that with me. Yeah, I know. You rolled a natural one on that. I, uh, I can only fill so much Nick. What yowza! <laughs> um, that is a that is a great note to wrap things up on. So thank hey thanks everybody for the emails. I mean by everybody I mean Stevie L and like one or two other people. <laughs> but keep them coming. Uh, chicken Hut Podcast at gmail.com. That's Chicken Hut Podcast at gmail.com. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We we really kind of slapped it together. But I had a lot of fun doing this with you, Molly. I hope you come back on the show. Yeah, thanks. Thank Anytime you. Nick can't be here. Yeah, I would say thank me. you for being here, but like you live here, so I guess that's kind I of implied. Here. But um, I really appreciate you doing this, and we'd love to have other people on the show as well, even people who I'm not legally bound um, to spend time with. <laughs> um, but yeah, don't forget to rate and review the show. We really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, we, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us um, in the Caverns and Creatures Facebook group, uh, which is run by Bevan. Don't forget to check out Bevan's website, cavernsandcreatures.com. Um, there's some hyphens in there, so Google it if you have trouble finding it. Buy the merch. Support the author. Support this show. Rate and review. Guys, I got, don't tune me out. Hey, hey, stop it. I can hear you tuning me out right now because I know this is what happens when people ask these things. Go. Rate and review. Give us some stars. I don't care how many. Just, you know, bring some attention to the show so that more people can find the show if they should be so inclined. They might just not know the show exists, so do me that favor. Rate and review the show. We really appreciate it. Join us next time. I don't know if Nick will be back next time or not, (laughs) um, but we will see. And if Nick is not back next time, I will be really, really angry. Do you hear that? That's the kids banging on the gate. (laughs) Perfect Perfect timing. timing. See you guys next time.